Well, welcome everybody. Praise God. It's just good to see each and every one of you and good to see all of you that are uh, watching online and all that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're being blessed. Here it is. We finally get our hot days. We're into July, so that's not too bad. We've been blessed. We've been really blessed. And so we thank God for that. Glory to God. Uh, Amen. I mean, I'm thanking God for that. I I know it was hot today, but uh, it's supposed to get hotter. But that's, you mean, last year at this time, we've had 10 or 12 days that were already over 100. So this way here, we're just having one or two. So we're good. Amen. Hey, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and go with me to uh, Micah. Uh, actually, no, go to, go to Isaiah 41. I'll just read Micah 6.8 to you, and we'll just talk about that. But go to, go to Isaiah 41. Amen. We're just going to share the truth from the Word of God tonight, just to stir you up. Amen. And also encourage you. You know, many times, uh, I know for, my, for myself, I'm always praying, I'm always fellowshipping with God, I'm always asking, okay, Lord, what is it you want to be done? What do you want to do? In everything that I do, I always inquire of the Lord. Because that way, he's a whole lot smarter than I am. And uh, uh, so I'm always inquiring of him for his will, his plan. But I find it's, it's so much easier to get God's specific plan for your life as long as you're doing what he's already called you to do. And uh, when you know what God's already called you to do, when I say that, that's just the general will of God or the word of God where you, when you're fellowshipping with God, you're reading your Bible, you're praying, you're asking God to show you things. You're just having, having fellowship with him. And you know, there are things that he's already told us to do. So before he tells you specifically of doing things, if we just would get acquainted with him, then it makes it so much easier for God to lead us and to guide us and direct us. Amen? It really is. It really is. Because eternal life is just knowing God. In fact, God wants us to know him better than we know anybody else. Because when we know him, we'll know his heart. How many of you know God has a heart for people? God has a heart for people because he wants, that's, that's what he created. He created the whole earth. His whole thing he did was he wanted a family and he wanted people to be born into the kingdom of God and he wanted as many as that would believe on him, as many as that would be, there. that was his heart. Amen? And so that's why when God drew you, when God brought you to him and you accepted him as your Lord and Savior, he didn't just zap you into heaven and say, okay, I got another one, let's just get this one out of here. No, he left you here. He left you here. Why did he leave you here? Because he wanted you to show others how great he is. And he wanted to show you in the midst of all of your difficulties and all of your mess how great he is in your life. Amen? Because he wanted you to live a life of faith to trust him. God gets blessed. He gets, I mean, when I say blessed, God rejoices. He has joy when we walk by faith, when we're doing what he's called us to do. It, it, just, it, it excites him to know that, hey, look at And it basically, he, he just says, that, there's another one the devil's mad at right there. You know, get this life. Because, you know, you remember Job's the oldest book in the Bible. And you remember when, when the sons of, the Bible talks about the sons of God, the different things were coming together and actually sitting there and says, and Satan showed up there too. Lucifer did. And, uh, you know, he asked where Lucifer was roaming the earth. And he said, well, have you considered my servant Job? Because, you know, God knew who he was. And, of course, what did Satan say? Well, you've got a hedge of protection about him. If, if you get rid of all that stuff, if you do get around, he'll curse you too. And, of course, we know Job didn't do that. Job might have got self-righteous, but he never cursed God. He never came against God. He, you know, he kind of got a little prideful there, messed things up. But he, <laughs> you know, I, I think some of us might have, we might have done that too. But so the reason I share that is because God knew who Job was. You know, 
God knew even when Jesus was on the earth, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Amen. And guess what? God knows who you are. Amen. The Bible says God knows all the hairs on your head. Some of you, it's easy to count. But <laughs> others of you, you know, it's a little more difficult. But, uh, you know, but he knows all of those. He knows, and so I think those of you that are, that are bald, he knows the ones that used to be there too. <laughs> Hallelujah. But here in, in, in Isaiah 41, I want to read uh, Micah uh, verse 6 and, uh, six and uh, verse 8, Micah 6, 8, because he said that they, they were talking about things. And um, it says, no, O my people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you. You know, if there's a scripture that says this is what the Lord's going to require of me, then I want to know what God expects of me. And here's what he expects from me. He says, and this is out of the New Living, it says, he requires of you to do what is right. Now, that's one of the biggest problems right now in our society is that nobody really knows what's right and wrong. There's, there's no right and wrong. It, it just depends on, well, this is my truth. This is what I believe, so I, it's okay. You know, that, that's a crazy analogy. If somebody's like, well, I believe this, so it's, it's okay in my world because this is my world, so this is the way I believe, so this is okay. You know, you could turn around and say, well, in my world, there's no law. That means I can steal your car. Give me your keys. There's no, there's no problem. I, you can make up your own rules. And that's what this generation, that's what people are trying to, trying to make up their own things and try to, but he said, you got to do what's right. When he talks about doing what's right, he's talking about what's doing right with the word of God. Amen. But then he goes on to say, to love mercy. Isn't that an amazing statement? Why mercy? Why not love grace? Why not get it? See, because grace is what God gives to us. But mercy is what we give to each other. And when you love mercy, you're going to want mercy to you as much mercy as you show. Amen? What is mercy? Mercy simply means you don't get what you deserve. Grace means you get what you don't deserve. But mercy means you don't get what you do deserve. And I don't know about you. I've made so many mistakes. I am so thankful for mercy. Hallelujah. I'm so glad. I love mercy. I, I like to be merciful because I know I need a lot of mercy. Because I've messed up too many times. The third thing that he said this, he said to walk humbly with your God simply means walking with God. We, God desires that. He hungers that. We've got an example in the Old Testament. Have you remember the, the story of Enoch? If you don't remember the story of Enoch, Enoch walked with God. He was 300 years old and young compared to those days. Just a young guy. And, uh, you know, because they lived to be six, seven, eight, nine hundred 900 years old. So he's, he's not even halfway there. So he's 300 years old, and he's walking with God. And him and God are walking and talking one day. And, and Enoch just gets so close to what God's doing. God said, hey, why don't you just come on home to my house? And the Bible says he was not. I believe that he's going to be one of the great cloud. He's going to be the one of the witnesses that comes back. You know, during the tribulation, I believe it's going to be him and Elijah because they're the only two that didn't die. Moses died. They, Satan and, 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 and the archangel Michael fought for Moses' body. So we know he, he, he died. But Enoch and Elijah never died. So they're, you know, hanging out. And how they're hanging out, it can only be God who helps them hang out, okay? Because somebody says, well, you know, it, it, we've had this discussion at times. I said, well, where are they hanging out? And I, well, I believe they're hanging out in heaven. Hallelujah. I have to believe that in the sense of, you know, what's going on, what they're taking place, uh, of what happens. But then we, we've often said that Jesus is the one with the only a body in heaven. But actually, there's two other guys that we don't know where they're at, but we know they still got their bodies. Amen. But they're going to come back. They're going to be those two witnesses that are killed in the middle of the tribulation. So, but understand, he walked with God. He humbly walked with God. Amen. 
How many know we got to humbly walk with God? And when you humble yourself, that God's always right. Amen? Now look here in, in Isaiah 41, verse 10. And it's really cool. Um, and I'm going to read to you out of the New King James. And then I'm going to uh, we'll look at it in the New Living here. But anyways, in the New King James, he says, Fear not, amen, for I am with you. Man, how many you know if you know God's with you, you got boldness? It says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand, right? With my righteous right hand. The New Living Bible says this, don't be afraid, for I am with you. And don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you, and I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Now, I want to look at this scripture because I want to share tonight with you. The first thing it says, it says, don't be afraid. Fear not. How many you know we live in a society that wants to get us to be afraid of everything? Be afraid of this. Be afraid of that. Everything. The, the devil crippled the whole world by fear, by getting everybody afraid to die. And that's amazing. I, that just shocked me about the Christianity. Shocked me about people being afraid to die. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to getting out of this place. I'm looking forward to seeing Jesus. I'm looking forward to God to wrap this thing up. But none of that, people are afraid of a lot of things. I mean, there's so many phobias, so many different areas. But you know, one of the most things that people are afraid of, they're afraid of the future. They're afraid that they're not going to have enough. They're afraid that God's not going to come through. They're afraid that they're not going to know what to do or they're not going to be able to, to do things. You know, they, they have a fear of, of the unknown. They have a fear of what's going to come at them. And you have to have the ability to understand that who cares? If God's for us, who can be against us? We know that God's not given us a spirit of fear. But praise God, you know, the thing about it is, I said, well, why is fear? Why is fear? Why is it? Because the enemy brought fear in. He brought fear in in Genesis chapter 3 with the very first thing and talking to Eve by saying, has God not said or has God said and getting her to question him. And then what did he turn around? He said, no, no, no. God knows that when you eat the fruit, you'll be like him. Even though she was already like him. They were made in the image and likeness of God. Amen. But see here, what was it? It was a fear that somebody had something more than I. Oh, it's a fear that I don't have something that I should have. Amen. But how do you know that fear, if you want to look at fear in its purest form, fear is reserved for our God. It just belongs to him. And it's the right kind of fear. Because we're not supposed to fear anything except him. Amen. Did you know that? He said fear. That's why we see all the time the angels show up. They say fear not, fear not, fear not. Don't do this. But here's one of the reasons people don't understand why they allow fear and why they've allowed so many things to affect them is because they don't understand how much God loves them. We sang a song up here with one of the phrases was how, if you knew how worthy you were, if you knew how much worth you have, if you knew how much God loves you, you know, you've heard me say this before. The best song in the world is, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. If you could get a revelation of that song, it would change your life. Why? Because 1 John chapter 4. In fact, go to 1 John chapter 4. You know, hold your, pl- well, hold your place if you can, but go to 1 John chapter 4. Even Because 1 John chapter 4 says this, and I'm going to read out of the New Living again. In verse, chapter 4, verse 16 says, For we know how much God loves us. And we have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love live in God. And God lives in them. Amen. 
And as we live in God, our love grows more and more perfect. So it says, so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. So we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced the perfect, his perfect love because we, we love each other because he loved us first. When you understand how, and see, that's, it's, it's so hard for people to know they're loved. It really is. For people to really know they're loved. To really know that even though you tell them, you do things, you show them, you're doing stuff. But it's really hard for them to know, to have an experience. Because when you really know you're loved, you have a great confidence in, in, in yourself and a great confidence in God. You know how much God loves you? God loved you so much he gave. God loved you so much. What did he give? He gave his only begotten son. God gave you the best. God gave you, man, Jesus Christ, his son. God gave you that. I mean, God gave you. He gave you. God did. He didn't just look and say, oh, I feel free. No, he did something. He acted. He did something. Amen. Now, isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? God loved you as much as he loved Jesus. He loved you as much as he loved Jesus, and he gave you as much as he's given Jesus. Amen? Remember, that's what he said, Jesus' high priestly prayers. Father, let them know, let everybody know how, that you love me, and that you love them as much as you love me, and that you're in me, and I'm in you, and, and they're in us. I mean, what, what an amazing thing. But the problem is, is that we really, truly don't have a, a revelation of that. That's why fear grabs a hold of us, and fear stops us from doing things. Because we think, well, is God really going to come through this time? Go back to Isaiah 41. It says this, don't be afraid. The next phrase says, you know why you don't want to be afraid? Because I'm here. I am with you. Amen? Amen. You know, I, I love the amplified of what Hebrews uh, chapter 13, verse 5 says this. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bypass the first part, but I'm going to get down here for, where it says in the middle of it. For he, God himself, has said this. This is out of the Amplified. I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. He goes and says, I will not, I will not, I will not, three times, in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down. I know, no, I will not relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. Don't you think he's trying to get across to us? Hey, the Hebrew writer was saying, listen, God's got it. He's got you. I'm with you. And then in verse 6 says this. It says, the reason he says, says this, he says, listen. So you can take comfort and encourage and confidently and boldly say, the Lord's my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? If God's on our side, if, if God's on our, if God be for us, who can be against us? Amen? Why am I sharing that? Because we have to have the confidence. You know, it's funny, for the last several weeks I've been telling, listen, you know the answer, you know the, you know the truth, you know it, we've got the answer. And it's amazing, the, you know, everybody else wants to tell you their way. While the, how do you think you're right? See, the problem is, is I don't think I'm right, I know that I'm right. See, I always preach what I know and let you do your own thinking. Someone goes, well, I just don't believe that. That's fine. That's your prerogative. That you can do. It never bothers me if somebody disagrees with me. Not one bit. I love my life. 
I love what I'm getting. I love the word of God. I love what's happening. I love the the truth of the word of God. I'm full of joy, full of peace. I'm happy. Amen. But you know, when you're that way, people hate you. They are really upset. They're just mad because you exist. Amen. I mean, when you realize the God of the Bible is with me, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. He said, you know, the spirit of God said to Isaiah, listen, don't be afraid. I'm here. I can't believe that, that's, you know, when Daniel, I can see, I'm sure that's the scripture that Daniel got when he's in there in the lion's den. All of a sudden he remembered, well, I said, don't be afraid. God's here. So God, you're here. So which, which lion do I lay on? Which one's the softest? Who has the best pillow here? Amen. He goes on to say this in this scripture. He says, don't be afraid for I am with you. Then he says, don't be discouraged or don't be dismayed, which means don't be reduced to despair. You know, I, I was talking and communicating with people this week and stuff, and just sharing, and, and, and you can just hear sometimes in the voice, man, it's just getting crazier and crazier. Yeah, it is getting crazier and crazier. But in the midst of chaos... There's peace. In the midst of chaos, there's joy. In the midst of things, we know the truth. So we know that all things around us. You remember Psalms 91? Psalms 91 says, though a thousand fall here and though 10,000 fall here, it's not going to come nigh you. You're going to get to see it all. You get to see all the things around you. Amen? It's like you've got this, this I don't want to say bubble, but you've got a thing where you've got this protection that God's going to do. That doesn't mean that, that thing, you know, bad things don't. It means that we don't have tests and trials. It simply means that there's no way, no way, no way, no way, no way that there's permanent defeat, there's permanent failure, or there's permanent despair. I might be knocked down, but I'm not knocked out, and I'm getting up. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, I mean, I was, I was bear hunting in, in Canada and uh, with my bow and arrow and my, you know, I have a compound bow, so I'm bear hunting and we had, and so there's, there's black flies and mosquitoes in Canada. I don't know if you know that they will eat you alive. And so they're, they're very difficult. So you're there. So I, they, we got this thing and I don't know exactly what it is, but it was so cool. And I showed her and I said, Hey, that's what I had in Canada. But if you put it up there and you turn it on and it's battery operated and it creates a three-foot barrier around you. So at three feet out there, you can see thousands of mosquitoes and thousands of black flies all around you, but they're not touching you. And you're just like, oh, I hope that battery's last. Because <laughs> you're thinking, hey, you know. And, uh, and for those of you that didn't, I did get a nice big giant bear that hangs on my wall. Sorry about that. But uh, that was the, that's my last hunting trip since I married Dr. Doolittle. So, <laughs> Hallelujah. I gave all my stuff away and gave it to my son and said, here you go. Hallelujah. He goes, you're not going to hunt anymore? Nope. I'm done hunting. Hallelujah. So, amen. That's a whole other story. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know why? When it talks about be not dismayed, don't be discouraged. Don't be reduced to despair. Don't allow the enemy because that's what he does. He loves discouragement. He loves to get... Because discouragement is just camouflage fear. Amen? He goes on to say this. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged. Why? Because I'm your God. 
He's my God. Remember what Jesus said to, 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 to Mary there when she, when she met him, uh, you know, right there at the tomb, right before he descended to his father. He said, she said, he said don't touch me because I'm going to your, fa- your father, your God, my God, your father, my father. He made it personal. He said, I'm going to your father. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing that Jesus said, my father's your father? Isn't that amazing? God said, I am your God. I'm on his side. He's on my side. Wow. And how many of you know God's never been defeated? (laughs) How many of you know that Satan got kicked out of heaven by the finger of God, and I believe it was his little finger? (sighs) Hallelujah. You know, because he said, hey, I'm going to do that. And so if we look at these things here, we realize, wait a minute, you're my father? Hallelujah. That's what Jesus called you. Thank you, Father. You're going to always do a father's part. Hallelujah. And I think it goes back to, what do we say to all these things? If God be for us, who? Who? Who in the world can be against us? Amen? Hallelujah. And see, not only is he there, we have this such great joy and confidence and, and assurance that he's here. He goes on the very next verse. He says, I'm your God. Then he says, I'm going to strengthen you. He says, even if you don't have the strength, I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to take hold together with you. Isn't that amazing? He said, what did he say in Romans chapter 8 and verse 26? He said, how, you know, when he talks about that, he said, well, we don't know what to pray for as we ought to. But the Spirit himself how to, you know, will help us, will help us to pray with groanings that cannot be uttered. It's going to help us. That word help us means he's going to take hold together with us. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the God, it takes hold together with us. He's there with us. I'm going to help you. I'm going to strengthen you. Amen? Because, he, because the very next phrase after he says, I'm going to strengthen you, he says, I'm going to help you. He knew how helpless, how dumb we were going to be. I mean, he's kidding. He said, don't be afraid. You know, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Why? Because I'm your God. Amen? Don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. Why? Because I'm with you. I'm going to strengthen you. Not only am I going to strengthen you, I'm going to help you. Because I know you need all the help you can get. Amen? But how does he help us? He helps us with the presence of of his pre- with his presence that comes. Because when his presence shows up, that's God being there. Nothing ever changes, but when you get his presence, his presence is salvation, which means it's deliverance. It's everything. And we're, all, we're always looking for the answer. We just need to look for his presence. Because once you have his presence, you got his answer. And you know things are changing. See, well, you can't see. It doesn't matter. I walk by faith and not by sight. God's presence is here. God's presence is my salvation. It is my healing. It is my deliverance. It is everything I need. Amen. So I tell myself, why am I cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God for the help of his countenance. You know, that's Psalms 42, verse 5. You knew that. So you get that. It's just like, hey, here it is. But when it says that hope thou in God for the help of his countenance, it says for his salvation is, or his presence is salvation. And when we seek his presence, we seek who he is, he changes everything about us. It changes everything. Because then he goes in the very last thing that he says, he said, guess what? I'm going to uphold you. He's, like, he's doing all this stuff for us. You think we could do a little help here. But he's like, that's okay. I got you. I'm going to uphold you with what? With the, my righteous right hand. Or I'm going to uphold you with my victorious right hand. Amen? Because he, why? He's our redeemer. He's our strengthener. He's our standby. He's everything that we need. And when it talks about that, when it says he's going to uphold us by his right hand, it always talks about authority. 
we've talked about this a lot about why was there such a, you know, seems like a more of a tangible move of God, so many more things in the past, and people had, had, a, had a more reverence, but they had a more you know, hearing of God doing things. And one of the things that the Spirit of God spoke to her about is they had a revelation of authority. They understood spiritual authority. I think it's two things. I think it's reverence, and I think it is spiritual authority, because when we understand power and authority of the, of the Spirit of God, what does it bring? It brings security. But for so long, I know that, you know, when I, I've been in ministry for a long time now and uh, started out very young. And so it would have been very easy to get very insecure because all the other pastors I was around, even the older pastors I was around and everybody else, pastors were the most insecure people I ever met. And, uh, uh, and so I was insecure for about a month. And I didn't like me, I didn't like my church, I didn't like, I mean, I was trying to be this pastor that I thought I was supposed to be, and I was trying, and finally I just quit. And I told the Lord, I said, I quit. And uh, he said, well, what are you doing? I said, I'm trying to be a pastor, I'm trying to pastor, I don't even know what I'm doing, I don't know how to do this, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm too young, I'm too dumb, I just don't know what I'm doing. I mean, this is terrible. He said, I don't even like me. He said, well, what are you doing? I said, I'm trying to be a pastor. I'm doing He says, I didn't call you to do this. I called you to be you. I said, is it okay to be me? That's dangerous. You know me. He said, yeah, it's okay. I, you just be you. You just get it and do what you be you. Don't you worry about it. You be you. Be secure in you. And see, I never had a problem with that. I never had a problem being secure in myself. Like, you guys all know that. I love me, and I, I expected everybody else to love me. <laughs> I was, you know, very full of pride and I needed to get saved, you know. And I did get saved. Praise God for that. But what happened was, was when I, said, I became secure. I became secure in what I was sharing, what I was doing, and I began to really, truly just allow God to, to mold me and make me. And, but when I was around all these other pastors, they were so insecure. They went to churches they didn't like. They pastored churches they didn't like, and they created the churches they didn't like. I said, well, why are you doing that? Why well, this is the way it's supposed to be. I said, I go to a church I love. I go to a church I like. I love my people. I like the people that are there. And if they don't like me, I don't care. I still love them. Hallelujah, because I just believe people are precious and they have no past. I don't ever hold grudges. Amen. I learned a long time ago that doesn't work, you know. But when you understand authority, because he's like I said, this is what he talks about, power and authority, and it gives us security, and it gives us all the security we need to know that, you know what, I'm going to make heaven. Jesus is my Lord. I'm going to work out my own salvation. I'm going to allow God to be God. Amen? And then Jesus told us he gave all authority unto us in Matthew chapter 28. He said, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me. And then he turned around and delegated it to all of the apostles, and not only to them, but to us, to the body of Christ. He said, all authority. All authority, not just a little bit, but all of the authority has been given and all the authority has been given to me. As Christians, we have to understand, why are you sharing these things? I'm sharing these things so that you stir up the gift of God within you because we need, there's a lost and dying world out there that needs to know the truth. We need to be inviting, we need to be sharing, we need to be encouraging, we need to be reaching out and touching lives to everybody that's around us. You know, Because everybody around us needs hope, they need peace, they need strength, they need prayer. Amen, right? So we, are, we can't just, it's not just about us getting it for our own self, but it's about us so that we can share with others. 
See, when you know God's going to take care of you, when you have security, then you want to turn around and find somebody else that is insecure and help them. You want to reach out your hand. You want to say, here am I here. Let me just tell you, guess what? Guess what God will do? Here's what God does. People say, oh, you just, you're just so strong. You, just, you can do everything. They say, are you kidding me? I can't do anything. God's the one. He's doing it. I'm just being strong in him. I'm letting his word undergird. I'm just believing that what he's, I just actually believe what his word says is true. I mean, I'm just, I'm endeavoring all the time not to be afraid. You know, you get to hear things all the time about, oh, guess what? It's going to cost this much. Guess what? There's going to be a delay here. Guess what? This happened. Oh, what are you going to do? Oh, it's like, well, praise God. I'm not going to be afraid. Why? Because God's with me. God is with me. Hallelujah. And I'm not going to be discouraged or I'm not going to be dismayed. I'm not going to get into discouragement because that doesn't do any good anyways. Worry, fear does not do any good at all. You say, well, why aren't you going to be discouraged? Because God said, he's my God. He said, he's my God. He said, I'm your God. I'm your father. I'm on your side. And you're on my side. And how many know if he's for us, who can be against us? Amen? And so you're like, okay, Lord, because you're my God. Oh, thank you, thank you. What do I do? He said, well, that's okay. I'm going to give you strength to do the task. I'm going to strengthen you. Aren't you glad that we don't go in our own strength? You know, we go in the strength of our God. See, so many people try to do things. And, and I understand all that. I understand trying to, to just do what we need to do. But I, I've also found out, man, it's so much better when you let God do things. When you allow God to be the one that strengthens you. You allow God to be the one that helps you. You allow God to be the one that's going to hold you up. Hallelujah. He's the one. You give him the honor and the glory for everything. You know, I never give myself credit for anything that's good. God's done it all. Because I know better than that. And I look at my life, and I don't know about you, but when I look at my life, I, I think, God, you've been amazing. And it's been you. You know, and then everything that's been ugly in my life, it's been me. You know, I mean, it's just, it's simple. It's a simple deduction. Here it is. Because Jesus went around, remember I shared this with you. Jesus went around declaring, he said, I am. I am. And he shared about all the things that he was. Well, all the things that he was and he is, he turned around and he gave them to us. Amen? He's the one that made us into those. He's the one that adopted us into the family of God. He's the one that said, hey, the spirit of the Lord's upon you. The spirit of the Lord's upon me, but now the spirit of the Lord's upon you. Because he told his disciples, he said, listen, don't do anything. Don't leave Jerusalem until you just tarry there in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. He said, because you're going to know I, got to, I went to heaven, made it up to the right hand of the Father because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And he's going to come. And they were praying. And they were in that upper room. They were just praying. You know, and, yeah, and you're thinking, well, they were all afraid. Well, in one sense, yeah. But when the Holy Spirit came, yes. when the Spirit of the Lord came upon them, it anointed them. And then Peter, who had denied the Lord three times, who had let a little girl whip him. Come on. A little girl, mouths off, and he's like, oh, no, and he starts cussing. Come on. Oh, that's a big man. You got to cuss out a little girl. What's wrong with you? That's what he did, right? There's a little, little damsel, the Bible says, says, you talk like them. You're, and Peter starts cursing and says, I got to change how I'm talking. <laughs> I got a little girl that's messing me up. That's, that's crazy. Here's big old Peter. And now, after Peter gets filled with the Holy Spirit, he gets up and he preaches the gospel. And he says, the anointing of God is upon me. 
and the power of God. And he preaches this masterful, wonderful message and about what God is doing, what God has done. And we see him changed. Changed, amen? Aren't you glad the Spirit of the Lord is upon you? Yes. Amen? And thank God, what's it upon you for? It anoints you for service. It anoints you to be a blessing. And aren't you glad it just enables you to receive the promises of God? Aren't you glad that Paul said this in, in 1 Corinthians, um, or actually 2 Corinthians, excuse me, chapter 1. He said, all of the promises of God are yes and amen. Amen? They're, all of the promises of God are yes and so be it. But he went on to say this. Let me just read this to you. He went on to say this. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who also has sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Hallelujah. Amen? It's again. Now let me read this to you out of the New Living Translation. It's so cool. He said, For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. Then he says, And through Christ, our, through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. It is God who enables us along with you to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us. That means he's called us. And he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. Isn't that awesome? I love that. You got the Holy Spirit living in you. You got to know, do you know that you're born again? You know that that you've got the Spirit of God living? How that Spirit of God that lives and dwells is that down payment of knowing that every promise of God is yes and amen in my life. God promised to do these things. He promised to do those things. He promised to strengthen me. He promised, hallelujah, that he said, I'm your God. I will be with you. I am with you. I'm here to strengthen you, to help you. I'm going to uphold you. And what we have to do is we actually have to believe it. (laughs) Thank you for your overwhelming response. And that's one of the biggest problems that we do have is believing it. (laughs) Because believe it or not, the same thing in Luke four eighteen, which is on our pulpit, that's our keynote scripture. The same thing that God did with Jesus, he's done with you and I. He's anointed us to preach the gospel to the poor. Amen? Those that don't know the truth. We can't hoard it. We need to give it away. He's anointed you and I to do that. And he's given us the strength. He's given us the backing. He's given us the boy. Why? Because he said, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to help you. He says, don't worry about what you're going to say. I'm going to give you the words to say. I mean, this is so amazing. When you read everything that God says, why aren't you doing what I've asked you to do? Because I'm going to help you. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to give you the words to say. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you an anointing. I'm going to give you divine protection. Uh, You know, my spirit's inside of you. I mean, he's actually doing everything with you and through you. You just got to allow him, let him do it. Amen. And then we say, but I just don't think I can. Of course you can't, but God can through you. We don't want you to do it. We want God to do it through you. We don't want to hear what you have to say. You don't want to hear what I have to say. You want to hear what the Spirit of God has to say. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. I mean, when we talk about preaching the gospel to the poor, it's those that are poor in spirit, yes, but it's all those that don't know about the wonderful riches of heaven. We know about what it is. We know that, about the joy of that. Amen? Amen? He says he sent us to heal the brokenhearted. 
I mean, how many people out there have had their hearts broken? That are just frustrated, that are just... How many Christians that he's called us to help? Because they're hurting. Amen. When you know the truth, the Bible says those that are strong should undergird or strengthen those that are weak. I mean, that's what we need to do. We don't need to hurt people. We need to strengthen them. We need to help them, pick them up. Amen. There's so many people that are just, I mean, they've been broken. And then how many of this? We're supposed to preach deliverance to the captives. How many people are just held captive by their own thoughts, their own words, by words that have been spoken over them, by things that have been done to them that they just can't break free, that they still remember from 20, 30 years ago that are still holding them in bondage? People that are frustrated and mad because of things that have taken place instead of getting set free from it. You got to get set free. You got to get set free. You got to get set free. You can't hold people in bondage about that stuff because it'll mess you up. It hurts you. You know, it used to be in the old time, and these people used to believe it. They'd say, well, I don't know why that person's you know, getting up and shouting and praising because you know, I haven't forgiven them yet. It's like, who cares if you haven't forgiven them? They, they're having a great time. You're the one that's miserable for all these years because forgiveness is not for everybody else. It's for you. you know, when you say, I forgive somebody, it's not for them. It's for you. How did I forgive everybody? That's why I say people are precious and they have no past. I just believe people repent every single day, no matter what. No matter what, hallelujah. You've got you to take hold of that because if you don't, it'll rob you. It'll totally, you know, get these things here. Then it says in, in, in that scripture, it says the recovery of sight to the blind. And, and what that means is that there's so many people that once knew the truth, that once loved God, once were in church, you know, once were a part of things that God was doing supernaturally in their lives. But because of, Spiritual blows. Spiritual blows. You know? It's funny. I hear so much, even recently, in a lot of times, as people say, well, you know, well, I, I used to really go, I mean, I used to really get excited about church. It used to be, boy, this is this, and this is that. And I'm thinking, used to. That's sad. Because you, you get, because if you have gone and been there, you should actually be more excited about church and about God today than you were yesterday. If God's not fresh and anew every day, then there's a problem. Doesn't mean you're going through things. It just means there's an opportunity to believe God. But, but it's because we're not stirring up the gift of God within us. We're, we're, usually what's happened is we got knocked aside by spiritual blows or in something that happened and we got our eyes off of the Lord Jesus Christ and got our eyes on everybody else around us. Amen. How many know if you want to find something bad about a church or about people, you can find it. You just got to look at them long enough. You'll find ugliness everywhere, okay? Because there's no such thing. But but here's the thing about it. Recovery of sight to the blind means what we're doing is we're enabling to see, listen, yeah, here's what it is. But we got to get our eyes back on Jesus. To get your eyes back on Jesus, then, you know, you don't have to worry about that, about what's going on around you. Keep your eyes focused on him, and he'll show you things to come. It's kind of like the, you know, the old cliche where the lady says, hey, I'm leaving church because of all the hypocrites and because of everybody and this, that, and another and all these kind of things. And the pastor says, hey, do me one favor. Take this glass of water, walk around, you know, and, and walk around the church three times, but don't spill any drops because it was pretty full. So she walks around, and then he, after the third time, he says, hey, you know, 
did you see such and such? Did you see such? And she said, no, I didn't see anything except for this glass of water because I wanted to make sure it didn't spill because he was telling her, then you could leave. He said, well, if you come to church with that same attitude to keep your eyes on Jesus, you won't see anything else either. <laughs> and it won't affect you. See, see the problem is, is that you know, people always say, well, you're always on the front row. I have to be on the front row because if I'm on the back row, I'm going to watch all of you and it's going to mess me up. I'm on the front row because then when I can turn around and look at you, I'd say, oh, you're all just so precious and beautiful there. Hallelujah. He also said this. Let's close with this. He said, set at liberty them that are bruised. And that basically is is to help those that have been offended by others. Listen, if you haven't been offended, you haven't been saved long. (laughs) You're going to get offended. There's offense is going to come. There's going to be offense for everybody. There's going to be chances to get offended every single day of your life. People are going to bring offense. You just have a choice. The Bible says don't take offense. Which simply means you're going to be, it's going to be, the opportunity is going to be there constantly. Just don't take it. You say, well, I don't know how. We, here's how you know. God loves me and I'm not afraid of anything. God loves me. I'm not afraid. Why? Because he's here. I'm with you. He's with us. Amen? He's with me. So I'm not going to be discouraged if it looks like this person's getting more blessed or this thing's happening here. It's not happening. I'm not going to get discouraged. Why? Because God's my helper. He's going to help me. He's going to show me. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm not gonna, I, why? Because he said, I'll strengthen you. But I'm gonna, I just don't have the strength. I'll strengthen you. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to uphold you. I'm going to give you the word. I'm going to do it for you if you'll let me. See, the key is, how do we let them? We just accept his love. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Amen. He does. He loves me. And you need to get that registered and just get it a revelation on the end. Wait a minute. Jesus loves me. Because when he loves you, then you can honor him. You can love him back. And then you're not so hard to get along with. Because you're not thinking you're going to get, that they're going to get something more than you're going to get. You're not thinking you're going to get cheated. You're not thinking that you have to have your right all the time. Amen? Because even if you know you're right and nobody wants to hear it, you can just still smile. Amen? You can receive the things of God. Amen? That's the will of God for our life is to let God be God and let him love us and receive that love. Hallelujah. And then let what Isaiah 41.10 says, fear not. Hallelujah. Don't be dismayed. Why? Because I'm with you. I'm for you. I have got you. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just honor you and love you and thank you. Lord, I've just shared what I feel like you told me to share tonight. And, and I just thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for every person that's here. You love them. You want to reveal truth to them. Lord, our heart is, is that people be born into the kingdom of God. What does that mean? It means people become followers of Jesus. They accept him as their Lord and as their Savior. That's our heart's cry, our heart's desire for all those that watch our, our program, but all those that are here that come. Father, that's our, give them hope. Give them hope. And we always have an altar call. If you're here tonight and you need Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life, you need to truly believe in your heart, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus to be saved because that's what it's all about. 
And it seems so simple, but it's really so profound that when you truly believe and you truly say, Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sins. Thank you for washing me clean. Hallelujah. Taking away all unrighteousness. Thank you, Father, for that. Oh, I just thank you that, Jesus, you're my Lord. You're my Savior. Hallelujah. When you acknowledge that, you believe that, your life changes. Amen? So if you're here and you say, hey, I want that. I desire that. You know, that, and you haven't never done it, or you need to come back to God. Just raise your hand. Let's pray. I'll lead you in a prayer. We'll do the whole thing. Do it again and again, because that's what God's heart is. Same thing about you guys watching. You know, I'm excited because we know we had a person want to get born again. They wanted to receive Jesus. So we're enabled to share with them. And uh, thank God for that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, we look at things like this. Uh, you know, we we're taping, doing things, not really taping because we're live and in person, but... You know, of course, then we show it out there. People see it even days and weeks later, and they're like, oh, man, God just touched me. And you're thinking, how could God do that? They weren't even in the service. They got us to watch it on television. Listen, the anointing of God knows no boundaries. Amen? Amen. God's good. Hallelujah. Amen. So we're going to praise God. I'm glad you're here. We're going to go ahead and receive this evening's tithes and offerings, worship God with our giving as we always do. So if you need an envelope, they're right there in the seat pockets in front of you. Or if you're giving by text and, and, uh, or in you know, whatever's going on there online, all of you online, you know that. I always do this on Wednesday nights because it keeps, keeps my thing going so when I'm gone, I can give and sow. It's always a blessing. And I'm never going to stop giving. I love to give. It's such a blessing. Amen. Sowing and you know reaping and God's plan and purpose and it's so cool that our you know our giving our prosperity is not bound to what's going on around us has nothing to do with that has everything to do with God's kingdom it's a totally different kingdom operated on totally different principles because we give we sow the Bible says it's the liberal soul that's made fat even he that watereth others will be watered himself and so our our living is tied to our giving and so that's what and we give because we honor God and love him because always going to be increase everybody gets nervous about all that stuff but you got to that's how you got to have it you got to believe that and exercise your faith in it because we're not tied to that amen we're not you know praise God for that hallelujah we're thanking God God does it because we, we are connected to, to his kingdom and his plan of what he has for us. So let's pray over this offering. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you and praise you. What a privilege we have to bring our tithes and offerings to worship you with our giving. To sow seeds into the kingdom of God. So that souls can be born again, Father, for lives to be changed. Lord, we thank you for it. We honor you for it. And I thank you as each one purposes in their heart to give. So let them give. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Ushers, go ahead. Let's receive this offering. I got one announcement. Ladies, you have your ladies' breakfast this coming Saturday, 9 o'clock. You guys are all invited to come. Be here and be blessed and have fellowship. It's going to be good. Amen. Uh, I think there's also the following week, is, but that's the uh, 55 plus is going on Tuesday there to uh, a place, you know, some... Uh, place and they're going someplace right yes the high-end nursery that's right it's cool gonna go look at flowers and all that kind of wonderful good stuff they're gonna eat that's even better hallelujah that's how you get people to show up we're gonna eat and then we look (laughs) no it's awesome it's wonderful there's a sign-up sheet in the back if you would like to sign up so that we know about our van and getting all that stuff so that's a cool thing there 
Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. No, I, I love all that. It's good. I was gonna, I was gonna get our app out so I could see everything, but uh, I just didn't do that. I figured I'd botch it up and you would remember it. Well, let's all stand up. Glory to God. I love you. God loves you. All of you watching, we'll get to see you on Sunday. All of you here, I love you so much. Be blessed. You're dismissed. <laughs>